0: thing i want to get into is who's your favorite character from the west wing that's what i really <laughs> want to know <laughs>
1: uh, josh lyman that's so easy
0: i uh, knew you were going to say that yeah, yeah mine's toby mine's toby and they're very different characters right because i like that toby is always so hard to please
1: <laughs> he has a rough ending on that show but yeah um, it does it yeah, is. thank you so much for having having me. by the way. It's really um awesome to connect again, and I'm really happy to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. thank you. so i I want to um now for serious now, I want to kind of start with at the beginning. um can you run us through your story. How did you get into design? How do you start?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I went to Washington University in St. Louis. Um, and I was majoring in visual communications, uh, specializing in graphic design, um, and English lit. And anyhow, I was, I got an internship one year at VH1. So I was a junior in college and I was interning at VH1. Um, I loved it. Uh, I was in there like, a the print department essentially. Um, and that's what I was studying. Um, and then... While I was there that summer, it's like, what, 2001 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, While I was there, VH1's pretty small. I walked down the hallway and there was this room that was completely dark and everyone in it had headphones on. And <laughs> I met this whole uh, sounds, crew of people. Sounds feet. familiar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds familiar now, but then I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it, so I go in there and I met this group of people uh who were amazing um and they basically showed me what you know motion was animation and showed me how the addition of motion and time and sound and I didn't know about any of this I know that sounds crazy but I was really studying like type and print design and book design and um logos i don't know it was completely different so i was really really interested um so while i continued to in, intern on the print side um amanda havy was leading the you know the on air at the time over there and she just kind of right. included me in stuff which was awesome um and then they like you know i don't know they just kind of reached out, out to me and we just kept in touch so that was great and so then when i went back to school and I I just went back to school and I was like, I want to learn motion. And they were like, okay, you know, we don't have any motion, but sure. So I just kind of started getting into it by myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I, so by one of my friends at VH1 sent me a copy of After Effects on a CD. I like got it, <laughs> put it on my computer. This is early to the record, right? I still don't animate. Yeah, right. I still do not animate, but I learned enough to like just to understand at that time, how, how it worked, you know? Um, and yeah, I just like, that was it for me. I knew it. And then I went back to New York after I graduated and I went over to VH1. They sent me upstairs to MTV and I started working there for about, I think I worked there for about six months, um, in their on-air department. So that was like this kind of, you know, shift for me. And that's where it all began.
0: And, and why did you get into print design, uh, of all things? Was there something, since you were a kid, that you knew you really liked? Did you draw as a kid? Was there something that influenced you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, was into art my whole life. Um, my mom was also, um, she had been a painter at some point in her life, and I was just into it. So I went to like Maryland Institute College of Art when I was in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. studied just like painting fine art. And you know, like most parents maybe at that time they were like, "That's great that you want to paint, but you should probably do graphic design if you want to like get a job. So right.
0: sounds familiar too. That's, what I did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what I did. And then, of course, I fell in love with it. I was lucky. Uh, but I was right. just into art in general.
0: right right, right, right. so so um, so you were at MTV and then things progressed. How long did you stay at MTV?
1: Like six months, and then I went over to Stardust, which, oh my Um, God, like if you remember, this was like the early days, right, of of all of these motion houses. It was like Stardust, BNS, PSYOP. Um, So I went over to Stardust, and there were like two of us there, and we were working in the New York office. uh, (laughs) That was ridiculous. Uh, and then I went to Loyal Casper
0: for a bit, and then I went to IF. And IF, this was IF New York, because you never went to Los Angeles for IF, right? That's something I was curious about. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Loyal Casper, that's interesting. And that's something I want to get into, because Loyal Casper, as far as I know, is very much into branding. Um, and IF isn't as much. IF is more on the uh, marketing side. And title sequences and all the things they've known for. And then you so you, you did IF for a bit, and then Gradle and now um sibling. I think that I got that right, right? So yeah, but at oh, the
1: time at the time Loyal Casper wasn't as like that branding wasn't super the focus then, because that was a, a while back. It's just starting.
0: Uh okay. Okay. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at is um I know this everything is you know it's all design but is branding your first love is that something that 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 makes you more interested than you know for instance doing a promo or just doing a title sequence or a small sequence for a film because those are different things they're all design but those are different yeah. things and there's a there's a, there's an element of strategy to branding that is very different from the rest does that make sense to you
1: Yeah it's a good question. I would say my first love was actually um storytelling and narrative work and that's what like that's where my heart was when I first started. So when I got to IF that was like the first time that I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing." I mm. I could not have been happier. Like I loved the work, I loved the people. It was like right place, right time so many awesome people to learn from and i absolutely loved it um and then when i went to gretel it was awesome it was a completely different from everything that i had learned at if it was it was strategic and it not that if is not strategic but it was about branding and visual identity and so it was a real challenge for me um i learned so much there um and i think that it all kind of came full circle for me. Like when I started in motion, motion was like this new thing, right? Like it was this new thing that was exciting and everyone was like, oh my gosh, motion design. And then now, of course, motion is just like one aspect of a brand, right? It's just just a part of it. So I think what I love about branding is that it's every way a brand comes to life, right? It's not just you know, logo and color. It's how it exists in motion. It's how it exists at every touch point of a brand. And I think that I started to fall in love with that flexibility and that, you know, it's just, it's so much more dynamic because there's so many different places it can go. It's not just like a 30 second piece. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that I still love narrative work. Um, but I also like the way that, that it fits into, you know, the bigger picture. And if I have the choice, I'd always rather start with the bigger picture, if that makes sense.
0: And right, then right, right.
1: And still create, you know, there's an amazing. Um, I, I love still working on a narrative piece. It's just, for me, it's not everything anymore. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you'd like, you you like the, this idea of um, being at the uh, at the initial stage of building something bigger than its than its um, its parts. So you like the uh, o- the overall um, bird's eye view of either it's a brand or or it's a, it's a show or it's a film or whatever it is. But you like this idea of being at the inception point of something that's being built from the ground up, or just helping. Uh, refresh uh, uh, this whole system. It's, it's more about the system of things, not not the things themselves, right? You like this idea of looking at, at everything from a bird's eye view, and I, I get that. There's um, there's an element to it that, that's why I, I also like because I, I I do you know I mostly do title sequences and and marketing sequences and promos and whatnot, and those are those are the deliverables. But I also enjoy. I very much enjoy doing working on branding. I don't do it as much, but I also really enjoy it because that's that's where I started actually. When I started doing motion design, I started with the um, the branding side of things, doing rebrands and refreshes for for networks here in Portugal. Before I started working with U.S. studios, I was doing that as as a full time job,
1: I was that's a designer for
0: for branding. So I've I've learned and. The, I've always enjoyed this. Um, it's, it's a very different mindset, I think, where you need to really understand the uh, the ident- identity of a network, for instance, uh, and you need to understand how that's going to unfold and touch every every deliverable. It's a different thing from looking at a script, talking to a showrunner, understanding what the story is, and then developing the visuals for that. And those are, those are, yeah I think, think, yeah.
1: No, I think that's right. I think, but I think it's also like many brands don't necessarily, or a company doesn't necessarily know what deliverables they want yet, even, you know, Mm. it's just starting this thing. It's like, we have this idea, how do we bring this to life and what are the things we might need, you know? And I think that that's, what's so cool um, about helping, you know, build a brand because, it's not just here's a list of deliverables. It's like, it's more about understanding their mission and who they are and what their personality is and what their feeling is and what their tone of voice is and how it can come to life in different ways. And that those deliverables could be so many different things. And that's um, I think what's really exciting and it can definitely be a short film, which is awesome. And I love doing that work, but it might also be, you know, um, uh, something social, or it might be something, um, an experience, or it might be you know there's so many different ways at it, and I yeah. think that's what's really cool about it. And I think that honestly, that combination of working at IF and working at Gretel for me that was kind of magical because I was able to get some, some of that experience and that education and both. Um, yeah. But I also really like. I love campaigns. I think uh, campaigns are really fun to do to help activate a brand because whether it's brand awareness or some, or, you know, a product launch or something like that, I think it's, there's also a lot of fun in that where there can be more storytelling, narrative opportunities. Um, but it's like more ephemeral, right? So it doesn't have to be something that has a clear system for a long time. It doesn't have to have longevity. It's really about like igniting a brand and people excited. And I think for me, uh, you know, that's really fun. It doesn't have to be super fundamental to the brand. It can be something more daring. Um, And, and that's a really different challenge. So I love doing that type of work too.
0: And, and how long have you been at, at Sibling now? How many years has it been since you've been there?
1: Yeah, it's been about s-
0: seven years. Seven years. And you're a, you're, a, you're a partner now there. And by the way, congratulations on that. I know that's a recent Thank thing. You. Congratulations. And I kind of want to ask you about, um, because you've been, um, through through the years of being working at these different places in different jobs different functions how have you what's your opinion on how, on how things have changed have they changed at all uh, in this industry at large in the design industry what's your opinion on that have things changed
1: uh yeah things have changed a lot um it's such a broad question I would say um it's competitive, right? It's always competitive. And Mm. I think that the creative, the idea, the strategy, all of that is so important. Um, But I also think that maybe more than ever, the partnership is more important, the kindness, the humanity, listening, understanding, you Mm. know, like being a good partner is just as important as you know, that pitch or whatever it is. And I feel like, you know, a long time ago to me, anyway, not, and I was young and so what did I know? But I think it was like all about that creative and that idea and the initial pitch or whatever. But I think that it's mm. about how you work together, you know? I think it, that's and, more important now than ever, and, more than ever.
0: And, and you're talking about that partnership between between the client and the studio. So that's, that's, where, that's, that's where the work that, that you guys do really comes in. Um, but I I, I think um, some of the changes that I've seen uh, are a lot of clients have design studios in-house or at least large marketing teams, um, especially in, in big tech, tech companies like Meta or Apple, where it seems mm-hmm. like over the years there's been a shift from relying uh, almost exclusively on hiring studios and agencies to help with their, their marketing needs, uh, a shift to they they have their own teams in house, and then they reach out for specific deliverables or specific needs that they, they can't cover in house. Um, is that a big change that you've seen uh, as well? Because I've kind of noticed that a bit.
1: So I actually, I have found the opposite to be true lately, and and I don't know if it's because things is have it changed. Back? Switch, switch back. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've been working with Apple for the last year a kind of project that I can't talk about but um what I will say is that you know it's I, I think that these companies have so much you know there's so much work and there's so many different pieces of a brand so they are still able to bring on partners for the long haul um and so I haven't uh yeah I haven't found that recently although I feel like there was a shift I don't know how many years back, let's say that was like five years back. I think it's already shifting again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's shifting back. Yeah. Also uh, there was this massive drain of talent uh, that, that they went to to work at these companies, a lot of talent who are freelancers or staff at studios. And now it seems like there was this shortage of people like four years ago. And now it seems like it's, it's changing back again, where, Unfortunately, we've been seeing all these layoffs at these companies, and a lot of these people have have been laid off, and they're back on the talent pool or being hired staff again. So, yeah, maybe things are again. Maybe it's just a cycle, right? but it's it's going back to what it was before. so Maybe that's. I think it's there. also
1: some people went in house or went to the brands and realized the grass wasn't greener, right? That it's a to- <laughs> it's not that it's yeah you know it's not that it's better. It's a totally different type of work. Right. And yeah. so I think that a lot of the benefits are, benefits are good. The benefits are great. You know, I don't know if this is actually what I want. And so then people start switching yeah. back. And I think it's really um, kind of funny now because I'll be on calls with clients and they'll know, you know, my whole team and we'll know their whole team from all different points of our career, you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's almost easier um, in some way. It's very funny.
0: Yeah. We've all been colleagues on projects before, probably. Uh, that's yeah, exactly. that's interesting. Um, and you, I guess, you've always been based out of New York. Um, do you? Because this is this is always an interesting topic for me. Because as you know, I think you know, I've always been working remotely from Portugal. I've never actually been. I've never been staff or anything in in, in America. I've only visited like. Once or twice, um, so I've always had this thing about this lo- location, This mat- uh, location mat- matter. Uh, if you're in New York, do you, do you get more or less jobs, or if you're in Los Angeles, do you get more or less, or Chicago or Seattle or Lisbon for that for that matter? Um, so what? So uh, do you think that this still did it ever matter where, where you were based as a studio or as a designer? I guess as a studio, there's a, there's a difference there, right? Like West Coast, East Coast, um, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, first of all, I think it's so funny that you have never lived in the States, <laughs> that you have a relationship with so many people here. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that. I mean, I knew that, but I just think it's, it's very funny. Um, <laughs> let's see. It's an interesting question. I think that uh individual creatives doesn't really matter you know like you can be mm-hmm. anywhere in terms right. of a studio or an agency i think it used to matter a whole lot you know like you're more you're more likely to get the film project if you're in LA You're more likely to get the advertising project if you're in New York um now i think that i i don't think it's as important um but i do think human connection is important so I think that like, let's say if you're, you know, against another company and the the brand is in New York and the other companies in LA, the people in New York might be more likely to get it if it's a better fit. Because Mm -hmm. I think that at the end of the day, it's still really great to have human connection and to meet in person when you can. That said, it's not everything anymore. You know, not nearly people. I mean, we do so much work in so many different places and I, I don't. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the deciding factor. I think it can help, you know, um, we have now, we have an office in LA and in New York. Um, I've always been New York based. I'm from Connecticut. I love the East coast. I'm not, not an LA person. I like to go there and I will yeah, me neither, meet yeah. with clients and that's nice. <laughs> I always yeah. come back.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been to New York once. And to Los Angeles once, and that was enough for me to get a, a clear idea of where I would live. Because I think that New York yeah. is mu- much closer to. I think Europe is much closer to New York, or you know, New York is much closer to Europe. Los Angeles is a little too American for me. It's a little too spread out, a little bit too disconnected, a little too. I don't know. It just didn't didn't fit didn't fit my my style. Um, but yeah, if if I was going to move and for a while there, I, I I had some offers and I was actively thinking about moving. Actually, to work at Imaginary Forces uh, in the early 2000s, and that that was going to be my choice was New York for uh, definitely New York. But that never came to pass. But but yeah, no, I I uh, over the years that was a big thing for me. Where when I started, I was always worried that being away think being, being in europe not being there and the time zone differences and all and the cultural differences that I was going to be a big thing turns out it wasn't it wasn't from the first time that i, I got a gig with digital kitchen back in the day that really didn't matter yeah. if i was yeah. if i was in lisbon or or chicago or whatever it was didn't really made a difference so it's um, now it's just it's just everywhere, with even with studios and client relationships, Zoom calls like we're doing now. That's just the standard, but it wasn't that much of a standard back then. Um, at least, at least with the clients, it, it was starting 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 to be that way with freelancers, but not not with everybody on every project.
1: I mean, honestly. Before the pandemic, it wasn't a thing at all. Like, I think it's crazy. Now I'm on Zoom every day with my colleagues who are maybe like right nearby. You know what I mean? I think it's <laughs> so funny. Uh, so it's yeah. very fortuitous for people that, you know, for you, it works out, you know, it, it's amazing because you're kind of more level set with people that are also all in, you know, if you're on a team with yeah. people in New York, they might still all be Zooming anyhow. So it yeah. certainly yeah. Ch- yeah. changed things.
0: That changed. That changed. Changed quite a bit. And I've always been very aware of. That's why I have a lot of friends uh, in America, and most of them I've never met in person, but I've known them for a long time. A lot of people. A lot of people we both know uh, have been friends um, uh, for a, uh, a long time because I make a conscious. I've always made a conscious effort of almost feeling like I'm there, and. And knowing mm-hmm. the people and knowing knowing what's going on, reaching out, always being present, even though I'm actually so far away. So that was a conscious thing that I've always tried to do. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's worked out for me. So now that you're in your new role, uh, which has been progressing at Sibling Rivalry, you're managing really large teams. I've been on some projects with you where teams have been either, you know, very big or uh, medium-sized but whatever you know running teams is is because is, I, I i had this episode with alan williams at imaginary forces and we talked about running teams uh, of over 30 people in some instances how does it work for you how do you how do you was there like a, a pivotal moment that was hard for you to make that transition from just being a designer to managing people being a creative director and now just running these teams, how does it work for you?
1: Yeah, my role has changed so much over the years. Yeah. Um, I would say that when I was a creative director, you know, not long ago, um, I was still very much in the weeds. Now granted, I'm a controlling person. That's not surprising at all. Like I'm totally <laughs> okay. like in it, right? Um, but I do think that there is a, um, it took me a long time to be able to articulate my ideas or my thoughts or my feedback or whatever, in a way that I didn't have to be hands-on, you know what I mean? And I think that it's, it's kind of amazing when you realize that you don't need to be in the weeds on everything and you then it opens yourself up to be able to work on so many more things, work with more people, have a greater impact, right? Like mm-hmm. before, let's say I'd be managing a team of five people, creative directing, and then maybe working on a couple other jobs and creative directing those. And now I'm able to oversee many jobs, right? And then I have creative directors that have autonomy underneath me and it allows me to have more impact across the company. But I do think it took a certain amount of experience to be able to do that. I think now I make decisions faster. I can can see things in a way that, you know, earlier on in my career, I think I really needed to like just get in there myself to figure it out, Um, which I think is maybe just part of the process of getting there. And like, that's just part of the learning process. Um, But yeah, now I would say teams, the team I had for this last job was 30 people. I mean, (laughs) That was wise. Nice. was um,
0: a large team, yeah. A large team. Yeah. And it, it is it uh, and this is something I'll, i also ask Alan, which I'm interested in. I know that uh, craftsmanship and being a talented artist is obviously very important. That's why we you guys reach out to certain people because you know they're gonna do they do great work and they're gonna do great work for you. But how much does personality also factor in to uh, managing a team because you know different people have different personalities and not everybody is easy to work with or as easy as maybe you'd like to so how does that is that like a big factor for you with building these teams and making all the pieces fit together
1: it's a huge factor (laughs) it's huge (laughs) Um, and I think we all, it doesn't matter the industry, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like it's, it's something everywhere. It's like, there's different personalities. And, um, on one hand, absolutely. Like, I love that everyone's different, right? I have brilliant creative directors and art directors, design directors on my teams that have, that are very different in every way. And I love that. However, um, you have to be able to, you know, work with people like to be empathetic to be kind to know how to lead and I think that if if I were to meet someone that I thought was super talented but was not excuse me was not good with people um not kind not you know caring in any way I I can't do it anymore and I do think I did it a long time ago and I don't I can't do it anymore and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way right like right right right. plus patience for that right
0: and, and and these projects, some of those run for a long time, especially in branding. These run for like a year, maybe two years long, with iteration after iteration after iteration. And it gets tricky, right, sometimes?
1: Yeah, I, exactly. I think um, all the more reason why the people on these teams, you know, they're, you need to set them up for success. You know what I mean? Like they need to be the right fit for that role. And I think Mm -hmm. that um, personality is huge. I mean, this last project went for so long and, you know, morale is a huge part of it. Um, I think that you also have kind of everyone playing different roles and over the course of a long project, they also need to be aware of what other people are doing so that they can see how their work is having an impact across the entire project. You know, no one wants to feel like they're in a silo, even if they're in a completely yeah. other state or country, you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's really important on these longer projects that we're all really connected as a team um, and that we're working with one another, um, that people certainly have autonomy in their roles, but that they don't get kind of like lost in the weeds on a on one particular area. Yeah. It's kind of, when you're playing the long game, it's a, it's a really different thing.
0: And do you feel that uh, working remote helps or or hinders that? Because I, I, I'm guessing you guys work with people on different time zones, and that can be difficult to make the make them feel like they're playing their role in the project sometimes, right? Because the distance just by itself might just make, make things harder.
1: Yeah, so I think it, when someone is super far away... Um from the time zone of the project, I think that their role has to be very different. It can't be like, you can't lead mm-hmm. a team if you're not on the time zone at all, right? Um, right? But some of our people will, you know, modify their time zone a little bit so that we can all have more overlapping hours. Um, and that really helps.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I do that quite a bit. <laughs> Having some yeah, I mean, up uh, is far from the course.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I I'm you, sorry about
1: that, I I totally, I can totally see how that might be frustrating too. But I also feel like otherwise you can design and that's great. But if you want to like be able to, you know, be involved a little bit more in the process, you have to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. no. no. But I've, I've, look, I've, I've, I've done it so much that I'm, I'm used to, but I, I, I know that it's tricky for some people, but now you're an executive creative director. What does that, what does that mean? What is it that you do nowadays?
1: Well, certainly I still you know, design every once, um, every once in a while. I'm not, again, as, as much in the weeds. Um, from an internal perspective, what that means is that I'm really focused on being the guide and a leader for my teams. Um, I think I'm probably less involved in every single step of a particular project, but I'll provide mm-hmm. feedback, inspiration, concept development, um, and particularly like when we get into um, presentations, help, you know, really guide the storytelling for that, right? um Mm -hmm. but i do have creative directors and design directors who are amazing and they need their autonomy too and i think that's so important and that's how they grow um but i think i try to you know try to be more hands-off at times and it allows me again to like touch more projects and just be more involved in um more of the company um i think also oh go ahead so you're you're basically,
0: um, you know, well, not basically, but you're kind of guiding the output of the whole company, in a sense, right? As far as design direction goes.
1: Yeah, um, I would say sometimes, like, like for instance, right now, Mekon is um, playing that role for some of the projects. And so it's not Mekon is one Mek- that
0: Mekon is one of the partners, right? Yeah, Mekon
1: and Joe, and they are both hands-on, too. So, like, we'll Mm -hmm. divide and conquer. There's a lot of projects going on. Um, Mm -hmm. But we all work across multiple projects. Um, And then I think that, you know, projects aside, um, I think my my new role has me spending more time just kind of shaping our path forward, whether that's identifying new areas of growth, Mm -hmm. you know, improvement, making us more efficient and effective. Um, And then like going after new business opportunities. Um, That is important. And then I think like, it's funny. So you have your internal, you have your kind of growth path, your work, and then externally, I'm way more proactive and engaged with my clients because I have more time to be there for them. And Mm -hmm. they're, you know, at the heart of the projects too. And it's my job to make sure their voices are heard Um, and that our discussions are meaningful and that we deliver on their expectations, hopefully exceed them. So my relationship Mm -hmm. with them is also super important.
0: And I I know that Sibling has the design part and then there's a film side, right? To the agency? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm aware of it, but I don't really know the details of how that works for you guys.
1: Yeah. So the way it works is that we have our brand studio, which, um, is what I lead. And that is, you know, everything from strategy to branding, to campaign development, um, to, you know, production. Um, and then we have our film production company, which is a roster of directors and that includes Joe and Mecon and it's, you know, they shoot beautiful work that, um, you know, is across broadcast and digital and whatnot. And we work together sometimes and not all the time. So it kind of depends, right? Like they do many jobs um, that don't involve the brand studio. But what's really awesome is that, you know, we'll be doing a job and we'll, let's say, we'll be, you know, creating a visual identity and then we'll need to do a shoot um, for the campaign or for the photography or whatever it is. And then we get our film side involved. um, And we, you know, like any agency would like select the right director for the job. Um, And if there isn't the right creative for it, we'll go to a totally other company. But I would Mm. say that it is ideal when we go work within our company because there's so much shorthand, right? Like they can get involved earlier and we do that all the time. It's a huge advantage. So if I'm working on a brand job and film and photography, going to be a big part of it i involve them really early on they can be involved in some of the creative development they can be involved in um you know initial campaign ideas um yeah. and it's a huge advantage
0: i think it really shows um when siblings output like it does um yeah so kind of shifting things a little bit um women in design because for for some reason and i've talked about this on conference presentations and workshops and whatnot for some reason I've worked with a lot of uh creative directors who are women or actually uh, around 80 percent of of the work that I've mm. done has been done with women for some reason I have no idea why but I, I just I just love working with with women creative directors and you're one of them you're one of my you my biggest references and in and in the, in the, the work that I do um, wh- who are some of yours? Who are some of your references? It doesn't have to be just women, but you know, who are some of your references over the years and right now? Mm-hmm.
1: Um well, you know, I said this earlier, but I've had mentors that are amazing and that have helped guide me. So like Karen Fong and Michelle Doherty have always been mm-hmm. really good friends and mentors. They've helped me develop as a creative. They've always pushed me and they've stayed in my life significantly. And Michelle's been a client of mine for the last year. Um, right. Also, um, Corinne Fiery, she's uh, an old colleague of mine. We went to school together um, and she's former partner Collins. Um, she's making incredible work now at Sovereign Objects and she's a huge inspiration and a good friend um and then there's like lots of women i'm only naming women right now i think this is important uh it's yeah, yeah. good for this day and month um, <laughs> um there's lots of women's work that i admire and that i don't know i mean i think that you know obviously it's been amazing to have these friends and mentors um rosie and i used to work together she was amazing um but then of course i admire lots of women like paula Cher, uh lisa smith yeah. she's at like Shabani now she was at jkr min lu Marina Weiler. I don't. I don't even know these women, but I admire their work, and I and I look to them. And you know, I think that there's incredible female creative directors. Um, I think that for a while, uh, at least on the most, like when we were in the real part of motion, there weren't, and that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in that I think it's you know, there's, it just felt like it, motion and animation and all of that was like so, uh. It just there were very few women in it, but um, that changed over time. And then now that motion and branding is sort of all one, I think that um, it's really uh, been beneficial in some way. I think it's opened up the talent and the creative pool, and you know, as opposed to yeah. siloing motion off so significantly. I think uh, that has
0: changed. I think that has changed quite a bit. I think that has changed quite a bit. Um, somebody like Karen Fong, this you know. I've always had this opinion, and again, I've worked with so many that for some reason, women women seem to be more insightful uh, with clients and client expectations, and actually understanding a a brief. And I know somebody like Karen Fong does that instinctually, and I know that a lot of a lot of other women creative directors just seem to, to me at least, to have a better understanding and a better grasp of. What the project actually needs, I think men take some more time to get there. <laughs>
1: I'm not uh, going to say anything about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've said it all.
1: <laughs>
0: no, but I, uh, I think, I, uh, at least for me, that's just that's just my that's just my take. Um, yeah, and I, I we're about uh, getting to the finish line here. I, I want to get your opinion on. I think we've touched on this actually before, but. Your your opinion on the state of the the design industry at large? You know stuff like streaming services and the, uh, the, the uh, incoming it seems AI revolution. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, you, you, you're, you're 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 nodding your head, saying no. Do oh my god! I'm just like this? the
1: AI thing. I really <laughs> I really struggle with that. Like yeah, well, so me too. yeah. <laughs>
0: what do you think about that? Tell
1: me. I, you know, I think it's gonna change things a little bit and then adapt and it'll be no big deal, just like everything else. You know, and I feel like there's all these, you know, there's always going to be new new technologies that come out and then it does have an influence. Um, I don't ever think it like just replaces. I just think it's additive, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that we'll find ways to use it that potentially make it something even richer, a more, um, you know, a bigger experience. And I think that that's, that's fine. I think I think that's what it'll be. It'll fall it'll find its way into in in the place of things, right? But I don't think it's gonna you know, erase how we work now. I don't think you can yeah, erase I, how humans, you know, I think you can the human part of the equation is so important, and I think all of this stuff um, is just additive, you know
0: I think I agree. I think it's gonna slowly change a few things here and that's going to be additive and it's going to help us but look i think and especially with the pandemic i think uh i think we all realize how how much we need each other and how much Mm -hmm. human nature factors into our everyday lives uh and i think this idea that the ai revolution is going to take everything and do our jobs for us, and we'll be kind of relegated to other things. I think there's going to be a backlash to that. I don't see, you know, this, for instance, this idea that scripts are going to be made by AI and not actual scriptwriters. I don't think that's going to work. I think people will be able to tell and be able, and will uh, have this gut reaction against this overtaking of things. I think we. Are going to need to go back a bit and reconnect with each other more than we have. I think we're we're kind of losing our way, <laughs> and I think we're going to need to go back a bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's, I that's agree just with one. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think social
0: I media kind of. I think social media is a big part of how we're all kind of pushing against it now. Slowly, again, it's not. And it changed over overnight, but it's just I just feel that I just feel like people are pushing pushing against it. Even design conferences, for instance, everybody wants to go to these things. And, and the last one that I went to, it went on a hiatus for like three years because of the pandemic. And when they opened up again in Barcelona, which you have been there at off Barcelona. I think right there, I think you presented there. Yeah. Um
1: there,
0: over five thousand people attend to that thing. Because we all needed to kind of get together again,
1: so yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's gonna find its like yeah, I think it'll just be a part and not everything. Um, I mean, I really hope not. I have two daughters, and I don't like the way that you know social media and I just I don't like what a massive role. Um, it has taken in their lives and i i do i just think maybe selfishly i just hope that um it's not the end all be all and that you know humanity plays a bigger role here <laughs> that's what i hope yeah
0: i agree i agree and i hope for the same. all right so uh, kind of wrapping things up now this has been wonderful conversation very nice to see you again actually get some FaceTime with you i think it's long overdue uh so yeah uh, who would you suggest come on the podcast next? Who would you who would you l- love to hear from? Come on, this thing. I'm gonna to put me?
1: forward. I'm gonna put forward my good friend Michelle Doherty. See if you can get her.
0: Oh wow, Michelle! Yeah, I've never. You know. You know what? I've never worked with Michelle, and I've never. No, I, that, that's not right. I've I've never worked with Michelle. I met Michelle at the Emmys, very briefly, but you know, it's it's Michelle Doherty, so. Of course, of course. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'd love to. Not sure if she would yeah, be available, but I can. I can try.
1: I mean, <laughs> good luck with that, but you should try.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know, I know. Well, thank you, Lauren, once more. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking the time. Um, and again, very nice to see you.